Our passage this evening is from 1 John chapter 2, starting at verse 3. We know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands. Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar, and the truth is not in that person. But if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. Dear friends, I am not writing you a new command, but an old one, which you have had since the beginning. This old command is the message you have heard. Yet I am writing you a new command. Its truth is seen in him and in you, because the darkness is passing and the true light is already shining. Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates a brother or sister is still in the darkness. Anyone who loves their brother and sister lives in the light and there is nothing in them to make them stumble. But anyone who hates a brother or sister is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness. They do not know where they are going because the darkness has blinded them. Thank you so much. Um, again, love to all the Downses. Good to see you there. Uh, let me pray before we, we look at that passage together. Again, Father God, we thank you for your word, because your word reveals you to us. Your word is our light in that respect. And Father God, as we, as we look upon your word now, as we read your word together, as we listen to it, Lord Jesus Christ, uh, may you show us your love. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Well, uh, when someone calls himself a Christian, it can be hard to work out what they mean by that. For example, over the past couple of years, a lady called Barbara has called at our home a number of times. She calls herself a Christian but actually she's a Jehovah's Witness. She doesn't believe Jesus is God. Neither does she believe that Jesus's work on the cross is sufficient to deal with our sin. Another example is the well-known preacher Steve Chalk. He calls himself a Christian, but a few years ago Steve denied that Jesus paid the penalty for our sin on the cross. And most recently, he's tried to convince other Christians that the Bible teaches that same-sex marriage is right. Now, the problem is, they both say they're Christians, and I say I'm a Christian, but we hold wildly different views on things that are actually really fundamental to Christianity. So it leaves us asking the question, what does it mean to be a Christian? Now, that's the question that John's readers would have been asking too. You see, John is writing to a church about false teachers who were claiming to be true Christians and were leading people away from the true gospel. That left so much confusion and hurt in the church that John had to address it. He had to teach his little flock how to discern between the truth as Jesus had taught them and the lies that the false teachers were spreading. And in that sense, the church that John is writing to really resonates with our modern situation. 
our situation is like theirs. It's confusing because people are calling themselves Christians and yet they're denying essential Christian beliefs and behaviour. And it leaves us wondering, who is right? Who is really a Christian? Am I a Christian or have I got it wrong? And this is the relevance of this series in 1 John. Today, there's pressure from outside the church, from our culture to be tolerant and accepting, not just of all faiths, but also of all strands of people who call themselves Christians. And there's also pressure from within the church, from people who call themselves Christians and yet want us to abandon a historical understanding of the Bible in favour of a new, more culturally sensitive view. And because of this, Christians need discernment too. That that word discernment means humbly working out the lies from the truth and humbly standing for that truth, even when circumstances are difficult. And that discernment is what John teaches in our passage this evening. He helps us see three characteristics of true faith. And so that, the first point I want us to, to see this morning uh, this evening, sorry, um, is that true faith is characterized by obedience. True faith is characterized by obedience. So look with, uh, with me at chapter two, verse three. It says this. We know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands. Whoever says I know him but does not do what he commands is a liar. And the truth is not in that person. John is talking about keeping God's words. John wants us to see that those who keep Jesus' commands can be sure that they are people who know God. On the other hand, those who claim to know God but don't want to obey his commands are liars. There's a disconnect between what they say and how they behave. Now, listen, practically, we've got to expect that there's a broad spectrum of Christian behaviour. So some of us will be such good Christians that if Mother Teresa were alive, she would want to be like us. I can name a few of those people in our church alone. Others of us will be really struggling with anger or persistent sin or nagging doubts or regular failures. On top of this, outwardly, it can sometimes look as though there are many non-Christians who behave in a better way than Christians do. But the crux of the matter here is not our actions, but the direction of our hearts in our obedience. That's what verse five and six says. Let me read that to you. But if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. That's how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. So keeping Jesus's commands is about the direction of obedience, not necessarily about the detail of obedience. I'll say that again. Keeping Jesus's commands is about the direction of obedience, not necessarily the detail of obedience. John wants us to see if our hearts are being led by our relationship with Jesus, then we'll obey Jesus because we love him. And the truth is in us. 
and there will be many areas where we fail. But this general direction of our walk will be to imitate Jesus. In other words, one way of knowing whether we're a faithful Christian or not is if we're genuinely concerned with that cliched question, what would Jesus do? It's a real encouragement to see the example of those who are faithful to Christ and have a clear desire to live according to his word. And we thank God for those who in so many personal ways show us what loving obedience to Jesus looks like. Now, some of us uh, may be new in the faith or may be struggling to follow Jesus. If that's us, then let me encourage us to immerse ourselves in Jesus's commands, to, to read his word and allow that voice to be the biggest influence of our, influencer of our lives. If we don't know where to start, well, can I suggest begin with Psalm 1? Because it's a wonderful psalm that just describes how a person who walks with Jesus is like a tree planted beside a stream. A tree that will not wither or fade or fail because it's being well watered continually by that stream. That stream that's full of riches and wonder and the goodness of God. That's what it looks like to be someone who listens to Jesus above all others. That's what it looks like to obey his word. Listen, if we're struggling in our faith, well, immerse ourselves in God's word. Read it two, three, four, five times a day, little chunks repetitively. What will happen is you will be like a tree planted beside a stream. You're not going to wither. You're not going to fail. Actually, you'll flourish. And look, some of us, actually may not be at that point yet. We may not be Christians. Well, can I encourage you to explore Jesus' claims for yourself and decide for yourself who Jesus is and whether or not he is right to ask us to obey him. If you want to do that, then Christianity Explored is happening on Tuesday nights, this Tuesday. Uh, We're a week into the course already, but don't panic. Uh, we can catch you up. Just email the church office and someone will get back to you with an invite and an explanation of the ground we've covered so far. We'd love to see you uh, to explore the person of Jesus together. So that first thing is one way of seeing true faith being outworked is by obeying Jesus. The second thing is true faith is characterized by holding to the truth. Look at verse seven with me. He says this, dear friends, I'm not writing to you a new command, but an old one, which you have had since the beginning. This old command is the message you have heard. Now, John's basically saying, if you want to find clarity in all this confusion of the world, then go to the beginning. Go to the old, old story about Jesus coming to this world to die on the cross. That's the story that Jesus told John when Christianity first started. That's what John means by the beginning. That's the story that was passed on by John to others. Now, now John's readers needed to hear this because there were a bunch of false teachers who were going around telling the church that John was old school and out of touch. And they were beginning, they were bringing some, some new teaching, fresh and inspiring stuff. 
But John wants his readers to understand that just because it's new or if it's or, or that it's something in addition to what is old, that doesn't make it right. Why not? Because when Jesus revealed God to John, that was it, the final revelation. God revealed all he needed for them to come into a relationship with him through Jesus. Jesus, if you like, is God's last world to the word to the world. So John tells his readers to look back to Jesus, God's final word, who we find in the Bible. And, and look, today we shouldn't be expecting anything new or in addition to Jesus. Nor should we think that God's word needs reinterpreting in line with today's culture, as though if Jesus were to come to earth again now, he'd say something different or something more culturally accommodating. He just wouldn't. My old pastor used to say to me, Phil, if it's new, it's heresy. And that's why each Sunday, each Bible and each Bible study, we invite everybody to open the Bible for themselves and themselves. Because we need to do the hard work of following what is being said and asking, is this really what the passage, what the Bible is saying? Because although speakers try to be trustworthy, we're very human and very fallible. So we need to hold our Bible teachers to account. We need to be asking the question, is this guy getting it right? Is he teaching the Bible or his own knowledge? And in that way, our listening becomes active. We're holding to the truth and seeking to listen to the truth so we can live by it. So true faith is characterized by obedience. True faith is characterized by holding to the truth. But, you know, lastly, true faith is characterized by love for one another. And that's the last thing. True faith is characterized by love for one another. At first glance in verse eight, it seems as though John is contradicting what he's just said in verse seven. Look with me at verse eight. Yet I'm writing to you a new command. Its truth is seen in him and in you because the darkness is passing and the light is already shining. Now, John's not having a senior moment here. On the face of it, it looks like he is because he's just told us to stick to the old in verse seven. And now he's telling us to take up the new. But, but rather than contradicting himself, actually what he's doing is referencing one of Jesus' sayings that we find in John 13, verse 34. Jesus says there, a new command I give to you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So what John records here is the new standard of love that Jesus set. So the old classic testament, so the classic Old Testament love command is this from Leviticus 19 verse 18. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. That old command was to love others with the same love that we naturally show ourselves. But Jesus's new standard of love is based on his pattern of selflessly giving everything as he goes to the cross. In other words, Jesus says, don't just love with the love that we naturally show to ourselves. The new command is to love with the love that Christ showed to the world. 
that might seem impossible. But 1 John 2 verse 8 says that love is actually being revealed and grown in those who know him. That's what he means by the darkness is passing and the true light is already shining. Now, that's something the Old Testament law could not accomplish. But because Jesus has come and demonstrated that love uh, himself, not just demonstrated that, but as he ascends, he sends the Holy Spirit into our hearts. And as we believe, we know that love in us for ourselves. And that love, that light, that revelation of Christ's love is shining and growing and developing and being expressed. And, you know, John, uh, John, uh, John continues in verses 9 to 11 to explain the link between our behaviour and this love. Let me read verse 9 to you. It kind of summarises the point. Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates a brother or sister is still in darkness. So here's his final statement about how we understand and discern true faith. So there's a claim, the claim to be in the light, but that claim to be in the light to show true faith must be consistent with an active love. So if a person claims to be in the light and yet hates a Christian brother or sister, then the claim is lies and we're not showing true faith. Now, John makes this point because the false teachers were persistently and consistently expressing their hatred for him and his teaching. And, and that was an indicator that they could not be loving Jesus because they were, were rejecting the truth that John was bringing them. In other words, they didn't love because the truth was not in them. And the more, the more they heard about the truth, the more they hated it. Now, now here's the thing. Oh, John kind of recognises that by making such a statement, it could be that his, his, uh, his readers are unnecessarily worried. And so verse 10, he then states the opposite to reassure them. So look at verse 10 with me. Anyone who loves their brothers or sisters lives in the light and there's nothing in them to make them stumble. That's a great phrase. Because that word stumble in the New Testament refers to preventing someone from knowing the gospel for themselves, either through false teaching or poor witness. So John wants his readers to realise this. If you love Jesus, if you've accepted that gospel message that's come through them and through the testimony and witness, there is no obstacle to a relationship with God. You live in the light and you express that light because you love one another. Well, how do we respond to this passage? Well, our first response has got to be gratefulness, hasn't it? Gratefulness because of that old, old story. That story that we sang at the beginning, behold our king, behold our king, crucified Messiah. That's the old, old story. It's come to us and our church is committed to teaching it faithfully. I, I love Oak Hall Church because no matter who's preaching, no matter who's teaching, if you cut them, they bleed that old, old story. That's a blessing. 
and humbly, I pray that we express that in gratefulness and thanks now. But secondly, we're to be patient with those who have believed the lies of false teachers. Look, we can, it can be very frustrating to speak, uh, frustrating when we speak to others who call themselves Christians and yet believe a different gospel. But let's be patient and humble as we share the true grace of God with them. And pray that God would remove the stumbling blocks that others have put in their way. And God, by his grace and by his power, can and will remove those as we speak the truth. But lastly, we can respond to John's encouraging letter here with love. Love is always costly. And yet the nature of Christ's love is that as we express his love, he draws us to love more. And the truth of the matter is that the more we love, the greater our capacity to love like Christ is. So let's not be afraid to invest in our church. I understand right now we're not able to volunteer with church ministries. But we can offer to do people's shopping for them. We can make cakes for each other and put them on the doorstep. I know a family who live at 39 Children Road who would love that to happen to them and be really grateful for that. That's my house, by the way, if you're not, if you're not sure. Um, we can serve one another. We can pray, pray with them. We can phone them. We can read the Bible with them. That's how we express love in this lockdown. And I pray that in this lockdown, that love will be our characteristic, will be known as people who love one another. So how do we know we're Christians? We know that we're Christians if we obey Jesus. We hear his voice and we obey him. We know we're Christians if we hold to the truth as is written in the Bible. We know that we're we're Christians if we love one another. It's a great passage, isn't it? John's so, so, so pastoral. So his heart is so in the right place. He wants to encourage us that we know we have eternal life if we have true faith. And if and we know we have true faith by these three things, obedience, holding to the truth and loving one another. Let's pray before we go to our breakout groups, shall we? Father God, you are so good to us and we praise you and worship you um, for your word, your word that has nourished us this evening that has encouraged us this evening, that has filled us um, with gratefulness and thanks for your word. Lord Jesus Christ, we're humbled by the gift of this church, that we we, we belong to a fellowship of believers who know and love the gospel and seek seek to, 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 to see others know and love the gospel too. Father God, may we be obedient to your word. May we hold to the truth. May we love one another. Lord God, we praise you for this time together this evening. Um, In your word, may that fill us and refresh us and renew us and strengthen us. And as we spend the next few minutes just um, chatting to one another um, on Zoom in these breakout groups, Lord God, may you you bless us and, and may we just find that refreshing in, in a different way too. We ask this in the name of Jesus. 
Amen.